well and uh, track us down and subscribe over there. It's absolutely free. So when you smash the button, when we come on the air, you will hear us. Joining us here in studio, uh, and which is, by the way, only, I think, the second guest. I think Mike Clemens has been here. And uh, the second guest ever in studio is our buddy Tim Duffy, well, a uh, New York City firefighter, retired now and out traveling the, uh, the rest of the country. How are you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? I like that. You did that all weekend. That was awesome. So, first of all, thanks for coming to the party. Thanks for hanging out with us. It was an honor and and humbling to be here. It was, uh, we had a lot of fun. And uh, on what people don't realize that was on uh, on coming into the town on uh, on Friday night, we did an event for Fisher House, Wisconsin. So, for people that ask all the time, they're like, how do I know you? I know you through Justin and other people that we ended up meeting. But... You and I have a lot of very similar in-line causes when it comes to veterans' concerns and veterans' affairs. But I want to step back to the the unfortunate, uh, fortunate availability of notoriety. We always talk about circumstance that it was. You were in the iconic picture on 9-11, riding in to when the towers, one tower had collapsed, another tower was still standing on your Harley-Davidson because it was your off day. And not just how did it change New Yorkers' lives or Americans' lives, but because of what you went through, and now the platform you have. So talk a little bit about that, uh, because I know you don't do a lot of that on on things like this. Yeah. Um, I uh, I generally don't trust the media. Right. Not only do I love you and know you, I trust you. Um, so I know that you won't take it anywhere that it shouldn't go. Um, I, I'm just fortunate, ha- having been a veteran and then um, – um, getting the greatest job in the world at the NY, and then being put off that job uh, 20 years early, too early, um, I had to find something to do to keep me in the game, kind of, you know? Yeah. And I, I started dabbling in search and rescue work with a, a dog that I had gotten for that purpose, and then he kind of went medically foul, and, and we couldn't pursue it any further. And then um, I started uh, working with, uh, I built a home uh, for my family, and uh, and then I was getting a little bored after that was close to completion and started then i started working with the tunnel to towers uh with frankie silla and i was traveling the country for them uh, yeah doing some work and then uh on the side um i had started um working with dogs and placing them with veterans when i heard that number 22 a day uh, were committing suicide as a navy veteran it, it upset me and i actually thought it was an exaggeration and so i looked into it to be able to debunk it and then i found out that it was true um and to learn that a dog could keep a guy from sticking a gun in his mouth, to me it was a no-brainer with shelters being full of dogs. So I right. started pulling dogs out of shelters, and um, I was doing that. And then the wife was getting on my, my case about uh, the difficulty of paying bills. you got to stop that. And yeah. so I kind of went to Frankie Siller, and he uh, wrote me a check to get uh, my own 501c3 started with accountants and lawyers. And... Um, and it just spread, and it's all just a word-of-mouth thing, pretty yeah. much. I don't spend any money on advertising. We operate on such a small budget because I have nobody on payroll, and my goal is always to, to beat Frankie Silla because he's doing such a phenomenal job at 95 cents out of every dollar that he takes in, but I had to be able to beat him. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm fortunate enough to, um, to have some great people from Rolling Thunder on my board, Richie Lauser and Donner and, uh, and Kathleen and Ronnie, and they they won't take a dime. And when they travel with me on the road, I'm hard pressed to even buy them at dinner. They're, they're just such super folks that help me do what I do because I'm a moron when it comes to the, the technology stuff. So, you know, I don't do anything on, on social media, anything that's out there. It's the people that help me because I mm-hmm. just don't have the, the, the vocabulary to, to do that stuff. I'm a hammer and nails guy. 
and I talk to dogs. You know, so. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's, it's when we introduce you, I mean, and I said this the other night during the party, I said, you don't realize who's in the room. We had a, a former higher up at Harley Davidson. We had a guy like yourself. We had a pretty, pretty famous drummer in a famous band. We had CEOs, we had bankers, we had, you know, people like you, you say, hammer and nails people. We had this eclectic mix of people, bar owners and sponsors and friends. Uh, and everybody's got a story. Yours just happens to be incredibly unique and uh, unfortunate, um, I guess, is the best way to put it, right? I mean, because yeah. you, you've done everything. You've been a bar owner. You've been a bartender. You're, you know, your whole family's part of either the fire department or the police department. People came up to you even at the party and said, hey, do you know this guy? Yeah. Yeah, Brian Dove. Yeah, that's my brother. You know, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, you were kind enough to speak to my son and, you know, bust his balls a little bit over in the corner because he's a well, police officer as that's well. That's what we do. <laughs> so... <laughs> But, you know, it always comes back to the unfortunate side yeah. of the story. And yeah. I remember when you came into town for the motorcycle ride, and myself and you and Jesse were sitting at the end of the table and you started sharing stories. I don't even know. I try to tell the stories, but I don't know where to begin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that day, you were just at home working around the house. Yeah. Yeah. And then it happened. And then it know? happened. And, you know... <clears throat> Being a Navy veteran, it was easy for me to slide into the fire department and, and what they do. And when when the sh- shit hits the fan, you know, you, you know, you hear these heroes. Uh, and I, I, I hate the word because I'm just a fireman, but, you know, uh, I look up to these guys, these Purple Heart guys and the Vietnam guys and the Afghan, Iraq, the World War II. I'm into that stuff. And, and just to be in the presence of, of men like that, legends, is, is just so humbling, you know. Yeah. And, and to think that... Uh, you know, that's the thing is when that when that stuff happens, you don't think you just do what you do. Right. You know, and that's what I, all I did was, you know, I'm a fireman. Yeah. You know? Now, I, I have to explain the picture because I've shown it before. Uh, but the picture is of this single fireman yourself on a motorcycle riding through this debris field and your head is turned the other way. Explain why your head is turned the other way. Well, when I was younger, and uh, I was very into photography, had my own darkroom, had, you know, four Nikons, and I was just into it. But that morning when I saw Alan Tannenbaum, who was friends with Andy Warhol and John Lennon, and he lived right down the street from my firehouse when I worked downtown. Um, but when I saw him on the corner taking my picture, I was like, in my in my mind, I was thinking, you son of a bitch, put the camera down, help people, because I knew thousands of people were dying, you know? And it just as a photographer, it was weird to have had that thought, but I turned my head, you son of a bitch, you ain't getting my picture. Right. And of course, I regret it now. <laughs> um, but um, we, we wound up becoming very close friends, and he's just the greatest guy. He rides, I believe it's a 72 Norton, you know? Yeah. Um, he's just the greatest guy, and he was a war correspondent at one point. Um, and he's just the greatest guy and we became friends and, uh, you know, so it happened and, um, we wound up hooking up, uh, a buddy of mine that I used to ride with, uh, the AP guys and all the photographers had done uh, a show at an art gallery. Uh, I forget when it was in 02 sometime in the winter or spring of 02. And my buddy called me up. He says, Hey man, did you respond on a morning on your bike? I was like, yeah. He's like, I knew that was you. <laughs> yeah. So he called me up. He says, you got to go down there, and they'll hook you up with the, the photographer, and then that's how. Okay. Know, yeah. Um, you know, then you fast forward through everything you went through. Um, obviously, not only being there that day, but then digging days after. One of the most surreal stories that you told 
was uh, when I, you know, asked, I said, what was it like when you turned that corner? Because in that iconic picture, you're just one block away and you turn the corner and then it's what, the Millennial Hotel was off to the left-hand well, side? No, Millennial was on my right. The no. Century 21 was on okay. my left. Yeah. And I said, what did you hear? Mm-hmm. Explain what you heard. Because it's, it's, it's chilling, but it's very surreal and it's a very, it, it brings home the statement of what happened. Well, well, first for the people that think that they were rockets or there were no airplanes, immediately on my left on the curb cutout, on, this, on my left side, on the Century 21 building side, there was an engine from one of the planes standing on its cone, and it had no metal shroud, and it was all banged up, but it was standing tall on its cone. And the only sound I heard were the pass alarms, uh, the high chirping sound. Every fireman wears a pass alarm on his Scott pack, and if you go get hit by something and go motionless for 30 seconds, it emits a high chirping sound so that you could be located and found. And that was the only sound I heard was dozens of uh, pass alarms yeah, going off. That was it. Just that was it. Silence and, and silence those pass and, alarms. Yeah. And you knew firemen were oh, yeah, everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it was, you know, it was what it was. I knew, you know, a lot of my boys were in there, you know. Right. And that, that was your firehouse was right down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew that was your, your guys that went oh, yeah. first. Oh, yeah. So, and then I want to get out of that because then you would go through the digging, you go through the rubble. And one of the things that people didn't realize, they all thought asbestos and things, but it was actually right. the mercury that was in all the fluorescent lighting. Yeah, that's just what, one of the major things that probably was more detrimental, you know, just because of what it is. It's yeah. mercury. You, um, you very rarely drink. Yeah. can't do the beer. There's certain things you can't eat anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's all because you were there uh, yeah. on Ground Zero. But the remarkable story, and, and talk about that, because you went through the detox. Yeah. And a very good friend of yours is the one that said, we, we got to get you healthy. Yeah, I had been, um, before I was a fireman, I had my own little phone and, uh, you know, computer cable business, uh, low voltage stuff. But I had been working for Sting at that point for probably close to 10, 13. Sting the singer. Sting the rock star, yeah. yeah. And he had been, he was going back to England to get out of the country for tax purposes for a couple of months, whatever. And Tom Cruise and had bought uh, uh, a place in a building and they were having it refitted. So he moved into Sting's place. and So I, I had to work for him for a little while. And. I guess he had heard through uh, the grapevine when I showed up at this uh, detox center that the Scientologists had set up downtown Manhattan on Worth, right off of Broadway. Um, somebody must have made a phone call or whatever, but he wrote a $5,000 check to put me through that detox. And we would sit in a sauna for five hours a day after having taken a handful of vitamins and niacin and getting the heart rate up. And uh, the, 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 I, I'll never forget the green and the black part, particles appearing on the, the towels after I would wipe my body, the stuff that was coming out of my body. So you'd go into a sauna five hours, <laughs> yeah. drink all this water, not take those yep. pills, and then you'd come out and you'd wipe your body off and the towels yeah. were black. Every, every 15, 20 minutes you'd come out for, you know, two, three minutes and wipe off and go back in. And it was four to five hours a day for 30. I didn't miss a day. I did 36 days straight. Wow. And they determined how many, you know, when it, for some people it was 30 days, for some people it was 45 days. For me, right. the number was 36, but... I'm convinced that I'm still alive because of Tom Cruise. Because uh, a lot of the guys that you dug with, yeah, oh, worked yeah, with, yeah. they're Dozen. all dead. Oh, yeah. There's more, we've lost more guys to cancer than we did that day. And that day we lost 343 men. Wow. That's yeah. an amazing story. So, uh, I, I mean, I know I could go on all day. But I, I, if I had to say, what do you want, by the time it's all said and done, and the Tim Duffy story is written, what do what impact do you want to have? What mark do you want to leave before you know? As we're all gathered around the Tim Duffy party, because it's going to be a party. It's not going to be the sad day. It's going to be the party that Duffy would always want. Yes. But what is the impact that Tim, Tim Duffy's going to leave? Hope, hopefully, um, just happy and good memories that, that you can leave with people that 
you yeah. know I, I was a fireman and and that's my greatest number two uh you know uh, i'm a dad i got four kids and, and yeah. a and a supportive uh, uh you know wife of you know we're together 35 years and i put her i put her through the ringer you know yeah. i I I, um, I really really went rogue a little bit after nine eleven. I was a little well, I was a lot angry and you know, and um, uh, unfortunately took it out on my family in a, in a roundabout way. You know, yeah. I just wasn't there mentally, right. and I'm um, still probably not there as much as they wish I was. But yeah. you know, I, I I try to do the best I can. Right, know? and then you're still traveling the country, still speaking, yeah. and still raising funds and yeah. awareness for the veterans and those that need yeah. you know animals and support. If people want to get a hold of uh, either yourself mm -hmm. or they want to make a donation, where can they do it? I'm at uh, One Soldier, One Dog, One Team, and we're on Facebook. I think it's uh, .us, One Soldier, One Dog, .team, .us. Um, but uh, Tim Duffy, uh, I know I can be looked up on Facebook. I, I, again, I'm not good with the social media <laughs> stuff, so I don't even know the right terminologies, but right. you know, I have people that do that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's a hell of a story. And then at, when it's all said and done, you're you know obviously helping some soldiers along the way. And that, yeah. that's one of the triumphant stories is that yeah. you've been able to – You've been the, actually able to save some lives that way. Yeah, the, the most rewarding thing. And, and I don't make a dime doing what I do. Nobody on my board makes a dime. But when I get a, a mother or a, a wife or a, a daughter to come and hug me that uh, he hasn't smiled in three years with tears in their eyes, you, you can't buy that. You yeah. Know? Like that does for me. That that's what keeps me going. Yeah, I know? mean, sometimes this, you know, all the therapy in the world, and you know this, all the therapy yeah. in the world, that's great. But until you go with people that care, that have experienced the same thing you have, that you can talk to and say, yeah, I get it. I get yeah. you. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. That's sometimes the best. Yeah, it's so humbling. Like the, some of the guys you had in the room the other night, Purple Heart winners, double Purple Heart winners, and, and, and just to be able to talk motorcycles and dogs right. and, you know, that kind of thing is, is uh, priceless, priceless. Yeah, and the best part about it was is the, the party the other night was – as we had mentioned, it, it doesn't matter what walk of life you were. It was all friends. Yeah, it was all great. It people. really was. It really 110 was. 110 just... people uh, crammed into a space and yeah. smoking cigars and having beverages and laughing and laughing. And uh, the fact that in uh, last year we had two of the big, I don't know, the whatever the big giant liter 75 handle bottles of vodka were. Right. We had two of those and we had a couple of bottles and we thought, no problem. We'll get through that. Maybe we'll have extra left over for the summer party. And at quarter to nine, we were out <laughs> because nobody had to drive because of the shuttle bus. Was yeah. that was uh, that was a thing? So uh, anyway, but man, it's always yeah. great to see. You. I, I know you're gonna you're gonna head back uh, to New York, but hopefully we get you back this year for the ride again. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. And you're gonna be back. I mean, tell people why you love this area because people ask, uh -huh. well, why is a, why is a guy from Long Island coming here? It's Staten Island. Staten Island. I'm sorry. Um, Staten Island. Back in 1980, when I was in engineering school in Great Lakes, uh, just north of Chicago, I used to go out by myself to, to find hole in the wall to meet, you know, the people. And um, I, I wandered into this place called Rocket North, a half mile north of Antioch on Route 83. And they got they were so enamored with the accent that I wound up be, being sucked into their realm. Yeah. And the family took me in. And, you know, Mom had a beauty salon. She took the part from the, the side of my head and put it in the middle. We got to do something with your hair. And they were just so good to me. And I wound up tending bar there back in 1980. Yeah. And just fell in love with the people here. Right. And I just wound up keeping in touch over the years. And then a friend of mine had married a girl that lived in the town of Antioch that grew up with my friends. And when talking to him, I was like, how the hell did you wind up in Antioch? You know, I'd never heard anybody that knew Antioch before. And so I just kind of got sucked back in big time right. by coming out here. So. Yeah. 
It's uh, it's it's a wonderful area. It's it really, is. You know, it's my favorite state to come to. Yeah, the people. And I got to give a shout out to Tony Sanfilippo too, because oh, I would be Tony's remiss if I didn't ma- mention yeah. Tony and what he did for you. Yeah. And, and obviously, well, I had a, an accident at home. It was my fault. I have to own it. But I burnt my garage to the ground, and the bike, the famous bike, was in the garage. It kind of took a beating. And so Joe Norman, the president of the Masons, uh, Widow's Sons Bike Organization, and Tony Pan, the legend himself, yes, um, they took the bike. I had offers from some TV people to redo yeah. it, but how do I say no to my boys? So right. Tony took the bike and uh, Joe, and they, they restored the motorcycle. And I came out uh, to get the bike and then came back just a couple of weeks later to do your run. That's the, that's the most amazing thing is you did the run on that bike, which is so infamous to begin with. But you did it, you know, with a lot of the people that obviously helped you here. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, I want to get into that real quick. And I know we're up against a break, but I don't care. Um, because uh, I had met Danny Coker, uh, the head count from Counts Customs mm-hmm. out in, in Sturgis. It was ir- irony because I get back and you're like, he's one of the guys that offered yeah. to completely redo the bike for yeah. me. And you are very loyal in that sense. And also, you've had to tell your story. You've had offers from everybody. 60, oh, yeah. 60 minutes. And, yeah. And every, if I could tell, that, 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 that 60 minutes guy, I think I kind of blew his mind because he wasn't expecting me to tell him no. Right. You know, I want to do a segment on you. And he was all proud of himself that he worked for 60 minutes. Yeah. And I denied him twice. And then his dad grabbed me and said, no, you know, my son really works for 60 minutes. And I was as polite as I could be. And I told his dad, I said, you know what? I'm sure your son's a good kid. But the people that he worked with could make Mother Teresa look like a dirty whore. And I'm no Mother Teresa. <laughs> right, right. No, I, and so. that's just it. You just, you, yeah. you, 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 there's a story to tell, but you got to get the right yeah. platform to tell Be- it. Because so they did, the, the media has twisted. A lot of my friends were, were captured on video, and they edited that to, to make it sound like those buildings were blown up by our people, which I don't know if they were or they weren't, but I know that my friends told me personally that what they were talking about when they, when they were talking about the explosions, they were talking about the jumpers, because when the jumpers were hitting the marquee, it was it was sounded like an explosion. The, the right. bodies were just like exploding like watermelons. You know? Oh God! What an incredible day! What an yeah. incredible day! Well, it's so glad to see you. I love oh. you like a brother, and man, I'm so proud to, of what you've done, what you've accomplished, and glad you have you here. Well, I, I want to thank you, Bill, for your support, and, and, and it, it's teamwork as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's a no brainer for me. If I'm not booked and you need something, and I can be here, I'm here. Well, we oh. got to get to New York now. Uh, we we, we got to we got to we got to get out to New York. We'll get some good pizza. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do that. Too. Although we had some. Yes, we. You did. You know, you've got a place now here in your heart. Yes. You know, between yes. uh, Calderon Club and San Giorgio, we oh, had some good stuff. That, that was good pizza. That was good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. Time for us to uh, get out of here for just a couple of minutes. We'll be back right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. 
But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offer ends 2023. Welcome back to the program. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on 877-867-1670. Kind of put you perspective-wise back at it when you hear a guy like like Tim Duffy. And uh, my thanks to him for joining us for a couple of minutes. Man, what an incredibly, what what an incredible story. What an incredible story. Just a a, a great, great guy. Just great to have Tim Tim stop by the studio today. And it's true, he was uh, offered everything uh, to do the story um, on many different major platforms. And it's something that maybe we've, we've actually tinkered with the idea of doing maybe a two hour podcast and breaking it up into two two hour segments, hour long segments, uh, because he just doesn't trust the, uh, the media because of a lot of the spin and a lot of the conspiracy theories that have been perpetuated by the media and followed by the media and he's like look i was there we saw it we know what it was um and so anyway i just thought it was the the packers are in new york tim is in town tim is a as you could tell he's a bona fide new yorker and i thought you know what if you want to come over for a little bit he just said last night i'd love to so i thought let's just take a minute and you know give a little reality to the program and then we'll get back at it because you can cover cover football every damn day of the week every minute of every day we all know that but just good stuff from my buddy Tim Duffy. So, and he'll be back. He'll be back into Wisconsin. I think there's something coming up in. in um, uh, I think he's got something here in April or May, and so he'll swing back by. But yeah, Chuck says uh, the part of Mr. Duffy's story about hearing the pass alarms, the pass alongs, and the beeping was chilling. Um, I now he he did it very quickly here, but we had gone to dinner the night before the motorcycle ride back in September. And, excuse me, and he started to tell that story. He said he turned the corner, and there was the the airplane, you know, without the fuselage uh, of the cone, around the cone, but the actual engine of the the plane standing on its end as if somebody just lowered it there and set it there on the corner. And he said all you could hear was the pass alarms and just papers, you know, kind of slowly falling in the sky, you know, just falling down to earth or blowing around a little bit, but. He just said, that was it. That, that's all you could hear. And that's all he focused on. He said, I'm sure there was other sounds. There was other, you know, <coughs> again, excuse me, um, you know, uh, sirens and such. But he said he just, that's that's all you could focus on. That's all you could hear. So, yeah, absolutely. So, good stuff. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, we'll get back into some Packers chatter here after the bottom of the hour for sure. And uh, for all of you that passed along all the information, or not information, but all the uh, thanks and such over on the live stream specifically, uh, I did get uh, Tim to take a read at it, and so he did get a chance to say thanks to everybody. And there were some people that it's uh, you know that people that wanted to contribute to his his cause, and I'll I'll put that email or not email, but I'll put out that uh, website address and such coming up here shortly as well. So we'll get into all of that. Let's do this. To just kind of reset. We'll come back 
And uh, we got a lot more. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It is game day. Packers taking on the Giants in New York. Coming up a little bit later on this evening, don't forget the Green and Gold postgame show immediately following. Immediately following the game today, about 1030-ish, all the way up until the bewitching hour of midnight. And we'll have a lot for you, opinion, reaction, and such coming up tonight after the ball game. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. By the way, thanks to everybody um, for chiming in. Um, You know, sometimes when you do a sports talk show, um, you get, you you know, one of the compliments we get on this program is that we talk sports. We don't really venture off into a lot of other stuff. And if we do, it's not for segments on end. You know, it's not all the time. It's just, it is, it is what it is for one thing. Uh, and then we kind of get out of it. And we put the train back on the tracks and um, you know, you get a guy like Tim in and you take a chance because it's not the most pleasant of conversations to talk about what went on in nine 11. And I try not to get too deep into it with him because it is tough for him, but I thought it was an incredibly compelling story, and there are times that in life things are just a lot bigger than what it is we do. And to to know a guy like Tim, to hear the stories, and then in addition to that, I'm completely enthralled when we get into conversations and he starts to just very much openly share things uh, without being asked about it. So I thought, boy, it was uh, – last night I asked him, I said, you know, you want to come on? He said, absolutely. He would do it in a heartbeat. Um, He just said, you know, just let me do my thing and just ask a few questions because there's certain areas that he just doesn't want to go. And I respect that. So uh, anyway, that being said, just before we went to the top of the hour break, we went to the top of the hour break on kind of a jovial note. So I wanted to kind of bring it back to that because we do have Packers game day, but I just posted it. And for those that did not see it, if you follow us on the Facebook fan page, uh, and I'll post it on other platforms as well, but on Saturday night, and I've talked about it probably far too much, but we had our annual uh, ugly sweater party here at the house. And I, I, I'm I, going to set this up. Now, this is what happened. Where I'm standing down at the bar. It's pretty late in the evening. I'm standing down at the bar. And Mike Clements, and it's crowded. I mean, Mike comes through the crowd. He, he's very much shuffling over to me. And I say that literally. He's just, you know, just very slowly shuffling over towards me. And he's, he smiles. And I knew Mike had had a couple, and he, you know, doesn't have to drive. So I'm like, okay, you know. And he says, I'm going to play guitar. And I thought he was kidding. I'm like, well, go ask Rick. You know, yeah, if you want to play guitar, go ask Rick. Go ahead. And I thought he was kidding. And the next thing you know, I hear Rick Pomeroy, who is the, the singer from Boo the Band, but Rick and uh, Mark did the, the music for the place. And he, I hear Rick say, we got a special guest. You know, the best Packers reporter, you know, and Bill Michaels show and blah, blah, blah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Clemens. Now, I could not find my phone because I thought there's no way this is actually happening. I couldn't find my phone. So I caught this in mid-song because I had to run upstairs, grab my phone, come back downstairs and start, start taping it. And there were some people in front of me, so their arms are in the way. But this is Mike Clemens 
playing guitar and singing harmonies with Rick Palmer. The, the audio is probably not great, but take a listen. Mike Clemens, you can see the full video uh, as much as there is uh, over on uh, over on uh, the uh, the Facebook fan page. I'll post it over on Instagram and I'll post it on uh, uh, on Twitter coming up here shortly. But Mike Clemens, I never knew he even played guitar. Did you did you know any of this, Grant? I guess I knew a li- I guess. I guess he's told me about it once or twice. But, you know, Mike probably back in college was serenading all the ladies out on the quad right? with an acoustic guitar. We need a we need a whole album. Mike Clemens live at the wagon wheel. We should just record right? a whole album there of his his best hits. It just it was was amazing, was amazing, peaceful, easy feeling. Uh, he ends up just jamming it out. And I thought, is he really playing at first? And I had to look, and sure enough, man, you could see his fingers, and he's working a guitar, and then you could hear it. And so I know it's not the best audio, and I you know I apologize. You can go see it for yourself if you go to the Facebook fan page. But I I was I was stunned. I was completely stunned. So. There you go. <laughs> and you weren't there to see it live. Were you upstairs or something at that point? I, I probably, yeah, I was upstairs. I was talking with Randy at one point. We were getting snacks. We, you know, we were making the rounds. You know me, I'm schmoozing and, yeah. and trying to see everyone. It, it probably happened yeah. and I heard it over the speakers, but it sounded so good. It never occurred to me. Who was that? I just blended right in because it was so right? good. Never, never knew. Never knew Mike was that talented. So and it's funny because I played guitar when I was a kid. And I was okay, but never really, it never stuck with me until recently. And I, I bought some guitars and I took it back up and I'm still like learning on my own. But I told, all I said was, is next year at the party, I just want to do one song. I want to have one song just down to where I can just do it. And then, and that's what I've been working on for about the last two months. And then Mike comes in and, and now I've got to find something else to do, like play keyboards or something, I guess. I have no idea because I can't repeat that. That's for sure. So anyway. But yeah, Mike Clemens jamming live at the wagon wheel. Maybe we got to do like a whole show down there now, where we just do like an off, off hour podcast, and we just kind of put the, you know, we hook the microphones into the system, and we just let Mike go down there and start jamming. Clemens comes alive. That's what we'll call. Yeah, it. it'll be perfect. Like Frampton. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Who knew? Who knew? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Do we still have Tyler in Brookfield on hold? Yeah, we got Tyler, Tyler. there. Tyler, what's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, Bill. How's it going? Doing great today. Doing great. What are you thinking? Well, first of all, I just want to say, Tim Duffy, that guy is, is, is a testament. That guy is a true true American, and I'm, I'm a veteran myself, so, I mean, that guy embodies what what it means to be a veteran and to be a firefighter, just to be an American. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to say, first of all, and then that matters more than anything that goes on on the football field. Yep, so, I 100% but, agree. But back to the football, I mean, the only thing that's given me any sort of trepidation or pause is the fact that Joe Barry hasn't shown us he can drop a game plan to stop an elite running back. I mean, this kind of reminds me of the 
Pittsburgh game where you have uh, average to below average quarterback, no real downfield threat, and then I, I feel like he's gonna Saquon's gonna go off for seven yards of carry, and they're gonna be able to dink and dunk their way down the field because there's I don't I don't think Tommy DeVito is gonna give anybody nightmares when it comes to dominant D. Right. No, I agree. I, tonight no. is all about stopping the run if you're the Green Bay Packers, is to kind of show up and show the rest of the world that you do have the ability to stop the run or at the very least slow it down and not let it kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like I said, he hasn't I – mean, they've had plenty of opportunities where, like I said, like, I talked to Grant on Friday. Was from, again, the same thing with, like, the Cleveland game on Christmas where it's Baker Mayfield and – post Odell Beckham Jr. and they had no downfield threat and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb just gashed them for like nine yards of carry. Right. Yep. No, I completely agree. I I just 100%. Yep. Now let me ask you this. Do you think, because the one of the fears is that people are sending today, whether it's email or over in the comment section, is that this team starting to read the press, press clippings, this is a trap game. I don't find it a trap game at all, but is this a trap game in your mind? I don't think they've done enough to, to, for them to think it's a trap game. And I think Matt LaFleur is going to have them ready. And they said with Detroit losing, they can almost use that as like a, a motivation and, you know, keep them going to keep them on the hunt for something. They're not, they haven't proven anything yet. And then say, let's keep fighting. We, we're still not out of the NFC North yet. So to right. kind of almost dangle a hair in front of them and say, we still have something to go and chase. We're not, we're not at the top of the top of the, We're not at the lead of the pack yet. We need to. We, we still have to go and give our 110 percent every single play. Yep. Nope. I would agree with that. Appreciate the phone call. Is this coming up tonight? That uh, some of you that have trepidation. Is this a trap game? Is this a trap game? Uh, and I I was just reminded of this. Uh, getting back into the acoustic thing. And, uh, Grant, you play in a band too, didn't you? Or don't you? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I played music for a while. We got a guy. I was just telling Rowdy a couple minutes ago. He popped in studio. I'm playing a bar New Year's Eve night in Toma with a couple of buddies who are meeting me from lacrosse. So that should be a, that should be a Rowdy Now, do you play occasion. guitar or do you play bass? Uh, I play guitar. I, I've played piano for a long time, but I'm not, uh, I'm not the piano player like I am the guitar player, but I can fake a little piano. Yeah. Um, so uh, next year, uh, you, me, and Clems, we do something. I love it. It would be like, I was going to say like Simon and Garfunkel, but then we need a third. I, I can't think of a no, Peter, we, Peter we, Paul, and Mary? Maybe maybe Peter that Paul kind of thing? Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah, I, I, okay. You know, I, I don't know who the Mary is, but okay, yeah, we can go along with that's that. That's the problem. Uh, we're yeah. we're, we're like more like just funk than oh, Funkel. I you like know, that. We're just funky. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. There you go. Th- Thank that's, you, Pac fan. There you go. That's a better one. Yeah. That would be, or we're just a bunch of, you know, uh, we're Clem heads. We're just backups for Mike Clemens. We're just Clem heads is what we would be. We could do that too. But, yeah, I like that. It's a hell of an idea. <laughs> so, Mike and the Clem heads. It might happen. Huh. Oh, yeah. Mike and the Clem heads. That's what we do. Uh, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. I like that too. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, on that note, let's take a quick break. Hey, I do want to remind you, coming up New Year's Eve, speaking of that, uh, we're going to be uh, the Green and Gold Post Game Show is going to be live at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers in Bruce County, Rokano, Kanemawa. Come out to uh, see us at Boondocks. We're going to be out there with a watch party, out there doing the Green and Gold Post Game Show. 
and it uh, should be a lot, a lot of fun coming up on uh, coming up on New Year's Eve. So we got that going on as well. Plenty of good stuff from a lot of our terrific sponsors. They have New Year's Eve parties that are going to be going on. I know that over at Smoke on the Water, they got a big one going on downstairs. And and by the way, uh, and I got to make a mention of it in the same breath because uh, they had a hell of a party this past weekend on Friday and on Saturday. They raised money for Fisher House, Wisconsin. It was a Zeno Joe. Milwaukee Tool, the 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 band, the singers, the uh, everything that they had was spectacular. It was an amazing concert, and it raised money for Fisher House and Joe and Ellen Hennis do so much terrific, terrific work. So again, smoke on the water in Okachi Lake, uh, out there in Okachi. Plus, they have Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus, both places, spectacular bars, spectacular pubs, spectacular restaurants. But uh, they uh, they do a lot as well. So thanks to them also. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. Come- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, ho, ho! I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho! Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella now, pay later. Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12312023. Good to have you back. Hey, this is the time of year that you start getting the family together. Whether it's for uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, or just friends over in the offseason, we'll say. Uh, bring them inside, just like Master Z's. Master Z's can bring you inside, whether it's bars, bar stools, uh, game tables, shuffleboard, pool table, the, the best pool tables money can buy. I mean, it's just, you know, they've got great ones. They've got bar pub style, style tables. they got everything over there, and they've got all the accessories. And maybe you've got a pool shark that is on your gift list, or you got somebody that, you know, throws darts in the dart leagues or something, or maybe just somebody you want to do something great for, or you just want to gather the family, but you want to have them doing something, whether it's shuffleboard or even bumper pool, they can do it all. Master's Ease, huge, huge showroom. And uh, they can, as they say, look, you can see it today, have it tomorrow. That's our friends at Master's Ease. Get a hold of Rob and the gang over there. They're great people. Call them on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield, 262-746-5931. And people come from all over, all over to get this stuff because it's so, so high quality. 262-746-5931. That is Master's Ease on Blue Mountain Road in Brookfield. Um. The uh, Mike says, what about the Bears? Uh, and if Ditka had played, they would have uh, won 77-13, going back to the day. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I just know the Bears. Look, 
when going into this game, I picked the Lions to win. And I thought, you know what? The Lions went toe-to-toe with the Bears a couple of weeks ago. The Lions get beat by the Green Bay Packers, right? And I thought, the, the Lions got to go in and regroup. They're going to regroup. They're going to regroup and say, look, we are not going to be denied. We're not going to go back to being the same old Lions. We are not going to watch this thing just kind of slip through our fingers. And they were going to put a statement win in Chicago on the Bears. And God, I was wrong. God, I was, all of a sudden, they can't get after the quarterback. They're not winning in the trenches the way they once were. They have really uh, looked, and many people thought that this was going to be a team legitimately top three, vying for the top spot in the NFC and possibly a Super Bowl. And they just don't look like it. I don't know what's happened to the Lions. They just, they just not, they're not getting after the passer. They're not getting pressure. Aiden Hutchinson has been, I'm not going to say irrelevant, but wow, just, Man, just not great. And on the opposite side of the the coin, you've got the Bears, and suddenly Justin Fields looks like some kind of a quarterback that you may maybe you could make something out of him. This is what I would say would be the best thing for one team. Hear me out on this. Bill Belichick swallows his pride, turns over the general manager's duty to somebody else stays in New England, and as as much as, you know, I'm sure he likes Bill O'Brien as their coordinator and such, but he has had so much success offensively with Josh McDaniel. Keep Bill O'Brien as something if you need, but bring back Josh McDaniel now that he's fired and he's not a coach anymore in the National Football League. Bring him back. Make a trade for Justin Fields. And and because at least you got somebody that's coming into the situation that's played in the NFL before. And let Josh McDaniel work with him and make him actually a quarterback. But somebody that knows how to then utilize his skill. Like I said, Josh McDaniel as a, as a head coach, absolutely positively train wreck. But as an offensive coordinator, he's had success. And when Mac Jones had success in this league – it was when Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator for Bill Belichick and gang over in New England. That, to me, might be best-case scenario for Justin Fields. He could then turn into something. At least kind of res- – and he's not going to cost you a ton of money if you decide to keep him, remember. You know? It, it just it, – it, that's what I would do. Now, I don't know if others would do that or others are thinking along the same line, but that's what I would do, you know? So, uh, anyway, 877-867-1670, and you're probably going to have to trade away uh, uh, a couple of higher-round draft choices to get him uh, because the bidding might be out there, depending on who jumps into this thing. But when you start thinking about teams that could use a quarterback in the National Football League, there's more than a few, you know? New York might. The Giants, they need a quarterback. The, the Jets, they're still going to have Aaron Rodgers. Washington could get into that mix, right? Atlanta. Atlanta would be a team that they're looking for a quarterback. And Atlanta could still win the division. They're 6-7. and seven. Them, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay all tied at 6-7. and seven. The Carolina Panthers, they're done. They're 1-12. They're the only team right now that's been officially eliminated. Uh, all right, take that back. No, the Patriots have been as well. But the uh, Carolina Panthers officially eliminated. So are the uh, so are the New England Patriots. But terrible. Those teams could look for quarterbacks. Uh, at least there's going to be more than a few suitors out there 
for Justin Fields and his services if indeed Chicago decides to move on, which you would assume they would because you just kind of think that that has run its course because of the train wreck that is the Chicago Bears organization. But at least Eberflus and company have the defense playing better, you know? 877-867-1670. Does, if, if you're the New England Patriots, would that make sense? Grant, do you think if, if they're going to – because Justin Fields now, I think what he's doing is just putting himself on tape so people can say, okay, there's something to work with here. I don't know. I think Bears fans are buying into the idea that Fields maybe sticks around and the Bears maybe trade those high picks for a bounty of other picks and players. If I was the Bears, I'd draft Caleb Williams and I would hire a new coach and I would trade Justin Fields. I don't know what they'll do, but that's what I would do. I think Atlanta should trade for Justin Fields. I think that's the team that makes sense because they're ready to win, right? I mean, they got the star running back, Drake London. Right. um, And Kyle Pitt. Like, they got the pieces. Desmond Ritter sucks. Like, he's he's actively hurting them. It's not that they need an amazing quarterback. They just need someone who doesn't suck. And Fields could come in next year and give them that. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that it would make be a no brainer for a couple of those teams, and you're right. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are another team that I mentioned that they could def- definitely use his services and makes and two things. One is it's on turf where he can utilize his speed, and the yep. second thing is, like you said, they're ready to run, and they do have a, a few weapons and a run game behind him that can actually help him out. So uh, to me, I I think Atlanta would make sense for Bill Belichick. I think the restructure alone of just giving up the general manager's duty, getting yourself a real quarterback, or at least a better quarterback than what you have to work with right now, since you've already destroyed Mac Jones publicly anyway, bring back Josh McDaniels. Bill O'Brien sucks. He shouldn't be really doing much in the NFL. Bill O'Brien, get rid of him. Bring back Josh McDaniel to run your offense, a true offensive-minded coordinator, a guy that can work with these guys and maybe make something of yourself. But there's probably two or three other teams out there that are also going to jump into the mix. So depends on what people have to give up and what the bidding becomes, but I can see that very much happening down in Chicago. Uh, Adam Stenovich, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. He spoke. We're going to hear from him. Mike Clemens coming up in the last hour of the program. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Stay right where you're at. Don't go anywhere. It's Packers game day. Packers taking on the Giants a little bit later on the night. The Meadowlands. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. Bill Michael Show, coming up right after this.